Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today reading Colossians 4 in the NLT. But first and foremost, we pray. Dear Lord, thank you, Lord, for giving us your spirit, your son. Thank you for giving us your words, your wisdom, Lord. Thank you for salvation. We can do nothing of it in and of it ourselves. We ask you, Lord, we ask to draw upon the energy of the Holy Spirit. We ask you, Lord, to give us grace. Help us to be kind, but not necessarily soft and weak. Help us not to be, um, as the world would say, nice, where the world loves nice, but we're not of the world. So help us to be able to read your word in a gentle, but firm and strong and decisive way. And may your spirit fall upon those whose hearts are open to your word and whose ears are open to listening. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Colossians 4. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Yes, we must remember we have a father, a master, a king, a savior. He's not our buddy. As David Pawson would said, we're too pally with God. He's our savior. He's our king. He's our sovereign. God is sovereign. His will will be done. He cannot be thwarted and the devil will never win. Anything that the devil is doing, he's been He's been permitted to do, but his time is coming to a swift and utter end. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Paul was in chains. We are being made free. But the world does try to chain us. I was just listening to someone and he was talking about Galatians 1.10. Let me read Galatians 1.10. I think it's applicable. It says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Obviously, Paul was not trying to please men. He was trying to please God. And people did not like it. The majority of the world hated him for it, but he was strong. And we need to be strong too, because we don't have a popular message, but we have the correct one. And we have the one that lives and lasts for all eternity. Pray, verse four, that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. So he's not telling us to be rude. We may not be nice, but we have to be kind. It's not a, that doesn't mean it's an opportunity to be rude and disrespectful and humiliate people and demean them. But obviously it's very hard because people are going to provoke you. They're going to, um, they're going to demean you. And it's really, really hard not to be provoked, not to take it personally. I guess I haven't really. I guess I haven't really walked that line yet. I guess I haven't really found that inner strength sometimes. Um, but I do want, I do want that. That is my goal. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Tychius will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose 
to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending on Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychius will tell you everything that's happening here. Is this the same one that he wrote to Philemon? I think this was the same person who was Philemon, Philemon's master, right? I could find the book of Philemon really fast, which I apparently cannot, which I should never admit. But I think it's one chapter, and I'm sure that honest, this person just mentioned was actually the master of Philemon. I'd have to find it afterwards. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings. And I know that name. I'm pretty sure that name was also with somebody when he was an axe, uh, when there was a lot of um, flack uh, that he was getting an axe. Aristarchus, I've seen, I've definitely seen that name before. So there's a lot of people that have been with him and have supported him and have been around him and have ministered to him even as he was, you know, in, in prison and in chains. And so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. So that must be John Mark. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. So you can see Jesus is the Messiah of both the Gentiles and the Jews. And even though the Jews en masse seem to have walked away from Jesus, he's still their savior too. And he still cares about them and he still loves them. As somebody said, the Jews are still the apple of God's eye. They're very blessed. They may not believe in Jesus as the Messiah, they're looking for someone else, but God still has a space for them in his heart. Verse 12. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong uh, strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you. This is Epaphras, and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. So this Demas person, I'm sure I've seen his name before, and I think that was somebody that actually did Paul wrong at some point, sadly. After you've read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so they can read it too, and you should read the letter I wrote to them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. So he's, it's like he's signing this letter. Remember my chains. I guess that's his way of saying, pray for me. We have to pray for each other. We all have chains. We all have things that are bothering us. I saw my son. I was so happy to see my son. I'm so grateful to see my son. My son is going to be entering high school. I can't believe it. I'm the father of a 15 year old girl. And now my son's going to be 14. I have two high school kids. I can't believe it. They were just peanuts the other day. And then all of this broke out in our family. And now my son's entering high school. In, in September and I haven't seen him for about since August of last year and he has grown and he's matured a little bit instead of just coming over to my house and just going straight to the video games 
We actually sat down and had some Kentucky Fried Chicken today, and I thought, uh, yesterday actually, and I thought I was talking to a real little man, and I was very proud of my son, as all fathers are. We have a Heavenly Father who's proud of us. He wants to connect with us, because I know that I am very proud of my son, and I'm just a human father with all kinds of problems. And my son has problems too, we're both sinners, but we're both beloved by our Heavenly Father. So are you. The last part of the verse in verse 18 is, May God's grace be with you.